you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL Podcast. Mrs. Lyle, the intern. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. How is everybody? Lyle, the intern, is about 42 years old at this point. He was under our employ. <laughs> if anyone is still listening ago. to our podcast that understands that reference, we love you all. You've been with us for all six seasons. Thank you. Awesome. And uh, I'm still trying to tweet out the fact that this show is currently live on um, YouTube. And I failed. I can't do it. Can't get it going. Just I feel like that ship, is, that ship has sailed. The ship has sailed. Um, we need to move on now. Guess what? Guess, guess what? Big announcement to make. Uh, holding in my hand. Everybody knows we're going to London in about a week and a half. I have information on the live show. You all knew it was coming. Another live show. And unlike last year, we will not be putting the tickets on sale in the middle of the night. Like total idiots. I thought it was savvy. It really no rewarded the most hardcore fans. The Underground Fan Club presents Around the NFL live in London, Friday, October 11th, at the Curtain in Shoreditch, London. Same venue as last year, bigger room, though. How about that? Doors open at 7.15, show begins at 8. And then afterwards, because it's a bigger space and there's, there's a bar, you get loose, we'll stay there till midnight with everybody else and have a good time all together. Tickets on sale Tuesday the 1st of October, 7 p.m. GMT, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. So you have heads where up. Where do you get the tickets? <clears throat> My notes don't tell me that. We're going to send not, that out. you got to be watching. That's to come. That, that is, to, is come. to come. Seems so, crucial. Crucial. <laughs> Just like you type in, hey, you know, seems important. So stay plugged in on social media for the actual link, where to get the tickets. They will go quickly. So make sure you're on top of this. But yes, Under, uh, Underground Fan Club presents the Around of the NFL podcast live in London. Big announcement. I like the Curtain Club actually 
you know, after last year's crammed-in room, rebuilding an entirely nif- different space for us this time around. <laughs> a two billion dollar renovation. There, Appropriate. Yeah, yeah, very good. So we're looking forward to that. Obviously, we're very excited to head back overseas. Um, so please join us, uh, and we'll have a pint together. Or three. Or four. All right. This is the week four preview show. Uh, can you believe it? Week four already. And we are going to go through each of the week four games, uh, with the exception of Thursday Night Football. We preview that on Tuesday's show. And um, in the mini pod that will follow later tonight, hopefully, you know, there's some technical concerns. Uh, Greg is very nervous. It's going to be Wes and Greg handling. I'm not uh, nervous. Tonight's Eagles Packers game. If it doesn't shed all responsibility. If it doesn't show up in your file, just know that Wes got confused and then Greg washed his hands of it. They processed. (laughs) Not in that order. (laughs) Oh, Greg's already washed his hands. The process seems to require nothing beyond common sense. You're right. You're absolutely right. I think we can handle it, Greg. Greg? I don't know. Wes, you know, like Wes, when I think Wes, I don't think technological savvy right off the top. That's fair. Go in with that chip on your shoulder, Wes. I don't like you being, you know, presumed to not be technically oriented. Well, I mean, nail this. It is a sling. Nail nail this. It's a sling. I survive in the world of 2019, so I must be okay when it comes to technology. You also got a You have a wife. Right. She's a very smart woman. She's like borderline millennial. I'm fine. Spice Rack might be there. He obviously could help out if needed. <laughs> oh, now we're I was keeping the party a little slimmer this time. Um, yes. So you'll get that. Uh, we have – let's figure out who we're talking about today. All right. We have 32 teams. Two teams on bye. Two teams we already talked about. 28 teams. Divide by two. 14 games to talk about. Mm. Got there. Got there. Everyone everyone thinks I don't, I'm not going to get there. I always get there. Might be a couple of wrong turns, but I always get to the destination. I'm concerning myself because I was about to tell you that it was 26 teams and you were incorrect. That, that whole little you know part of the show, that's the one part of the show I approve of people listening to at double speed. You know, otherwise, listen to us normally. But if you want to speed it up for that. That's an authentic moment in the show. And authentic <laughs> moments are always welcome. Um, yeah, so we're going to go through all the games. We'll do it draft style, uh, snake style. Uh, we're going to work out the kinks. I, you know, as the host of the show, bad job by me by messing up the draft order. But as some people picked up uh, on last week and, and put out there on Twitter, well, we have the guys that built Roto World brick by brick, guys who've been involved with a trillion fantasy drafts. Could have could have been the whistleblower here. Yeah, I wasn't paying That's attention. It. You're right. Very we friendly. all should be more uh, aware of this. Whistleblower time. culture is hot right now, and I that was a big opportunity. <laughs> all right, who has the first Too pick? Late. All right, Wes will have the first pick. And okay. it's going this, this way. Is, I, will right? say, I will tell you the order. I just don't trust you at this point. Shh. Wes, Mark, Greg, Dan. Okay. That is the order. So with the first overall pick, the first game that we're going to talk today about – Chris Wessling selects. Sorry, Greg. The this this has a lot going for it. it. It's the Romo game. If Romo does not qualify for the Safeway Open this Sunday, in which case CBS has Boomer Esiason. Oh come on! on if he doesn't make the cut, he's playing in the tournament. He it's needs to It's supposed to be cut. a long shot that he makes the cut. Tony, can we grow up a little bit here? Boomer and this apparently I was reading an Andrew Marchand article in the New York Post and. If this goes well for Boomer, again, a long shot that he gets the chance. Mm-hmm. 
But there's a chance that Romo could leave CBS after the year. He's going to be a free agent, Ooh. and ESPN or NBC or somebody could break the bank for Romo. He wants to, you know, I don't know if he wants to be the highest paid broadcaster ever, but he's Ooh. going to be. As we tape right now, he is even through 12 holes in the first round, but that that puts him seven shots back already. Let's. Uh, we like talking about this. So before we get into the game, <laughs> Tony Romo goes free agent. CBS offers, obviously, the AFC, and he's got the best game every week, and he's got the best playoff games. He's got the Patriots, the Chiefs. Where would he go? He's he's blocked at NBC. There's both Al Michaels and, well, actually, it's Color Guy, so I've it's Collinsworth. I know. Monday Night Football is not the premium spot it once was. It's better games to stay on Sunday. NBC opens up the vault. They bring in Romo, and they pair him with Mike Tirico for the pregame show of Sunday Night Football. <laughs> that's how I would handle that's it. That's ridiculous. Why There's also you, stream. I mean, know, that's what they're doing with who Tirico. Knows? Just let, you take the preeminent color analyst and pair him with Tirico to get those game picks out before the game. That's a lot. Romo's an ex-player. He knows the Colin way to McHugh. He's got McHugh's a, got his pick. Liam McHugh. He's got a you know, Romo's got to play this negotiation out if he wants to get the most money. Yeah, I don't, he's going to get the most money regardless. Mm. Just stay at CBS is, would be my advice to him. You're going to get paid a ton of money and have – you know, the best game every week and be an institution for 20, 30 years if you want it. I don't know if you wanted this information, but I believe John Madden's $8 million per year contract was the highest ever for, mm. a, for a color man. Mm. He'll beat that. All right. What, what, and you guys, you guys are a little crazy with this, like, the Romo game is the game I want to do first. Most of us, uh, when I say most of us, people <laughs> that follow football have no idea what game he's assigned to. So what game are you talking about? Right well, now? this has another thing going forward. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. It's either. also a 4 o'clock game, so I get to check uh, a smart, couple of boxes smart, here. Smart. It's the Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. Mm. Grass field in the Midwest. That, mm. That's checking another box. Yeah, big me. piece of steak and watch some football. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, two yard runs on second and twelve. Uh, it'd be great. <laughs> I got a text from my bartender friend Paul, who you've met, uh, Mark. Yes. Works hello, to, hello to Paul. And the text was basically a Mark Sessler fever dream. Okay. If Andy Dalton quarterbacked the Bears, they'd be the NFC favorites. So he's that down on on Mitchell Trubisky. As are you. I am. I don't know if I'd go Andy Dalton, but yeah, I, I, the, I, this, I'm kind of surprised, despite Tony Romo, that this is the game that you're fascinated to see it's based on it's two reach. offenses to me that feel stuck in a different era of football. But I like uh, but, that era. No, that's mm. explained to it's us. It's outdoor football in the Midwest in the fall. It doesn't get any better than that. I'll take it. In a stadium with a lot of history and two teams that are probably going to the playoffs, in my mind. It's also... You know, it's scoring will be at a premium, you would assume. But if you like watching defense, it should be fun to watch. And it's two coordinators that are probably going to make the opposing quarterback look, quarterback look bad. I think we know who Kirk Cousins is, though. These are two teams almost trying to hide their quarterback on some level. And Kirk Cousins is fine. Uh, Trubisky's a tougher guy to put your finger on what he's going to do week to week. And I, I see him as more likely to implode, especially because the Vikings now have that pass rush duo in Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter again that they had a few years ago. Everson Griffin, who was had a really down year last year, also missed some time because of off, off the field issues um, with his mental illness. He's playing outstanding. So now you have those two guys against a Bears line that I don't think is quite as good as maybe people people think they are, and I think that's trouble for Trubisky. Mm. Yeah, I think Kyle Long in particular has got off to the worst start of his career. This Bears a lot of injuries. Yeah. I think that uh, Mitch Trubisky is going to be okay in his building. In a game like this, 
on the road against a contender, I will never feel comfortable, I think, about Trubisky at this stage right now. But I could see him building on Monday night a little bit. And Cousins, the quarterbacks are fascinating in this game because this is another test for Cousins. The last time we had a huge division challenge for him, he could not have shrunk more against the Packers and cost him that game. Uh, Kirk Cousins cost him that game. Um, he gets another chance here in a high-profile spot in a uh, late game in week four. One thing I love about this game and this and this Bears team, because I would have predicted this to go totally south, Chuck Pagano taking over Vic Fangio's defense. That felt to me like the kind of job you don't want to take because someone has totally maximized and done the best thing you could have done with Chicago's defense it's obviously going to be worse. And we talked all offseason, all these variables, the turnovers, the, the pick sixes, the fumble. It's not going to happen again. Well, it is happening again. And it makes me also feel like Vic Fangio also has people to look at Vic Fangio and say, you're getting Chuck Pagano here. He's coming in and doing mm. what you couldn't do. And now you're in Denver and you well, don't even have a sack. Well, I don't you know. did it, but you went to Denver and you can't even duplicate it. <laughs> but I'm happy for Chuck Pagano. I think they'll, they'll probably dominate this game. I don't think they've been as good this year overall, certainly in the Denver game. But they, their talent is just overwhelming. The difference is Cousins also has more support. I mean, Trubisky doesn't have Diggs and Thielen on the outside. And more importantly, he doesn't have Dalvin Cook, who is making that sandwich prop I put up of him you know, beating all the other big-name running backs Ooh. in yards from scrimmage look pretty good. Right now, he is the NFL leader in yards from scrimmage. He is the NFL leader in yards per carry, in rushing yards. And when they bring in Alexander Mad- Madison for seven or eight carries a game, a little player. he, he, looks, looks, he yeah. looks like a baller, too. So I, I think Cousins' job is ultimately a little easier in this game, but despite the, the match. There's pressure on the Bears because... Because wasn't it Matt Nagy was meant to come in and take whoever is in the soup and turn that offense into something watchable and totally fun? And the front office went crazy to take Trubisky where they did in the draft ahead of Deshaun Watson, ahead of Patrick Mahomes. And I see a team with a lot of pressure building if they if they get dropped in their own building here and Trubisky struggles. Um, on your Dalvin Cook point, this is his team now. That, that's his offense. This, even though Kirk Cousins threw for 4,500 yards last year and you have those stars... Cook is the engine, and it even plays out uh, and extends to their pregame introductions. Effective mm. last week, Dalvin Cook is now the f- last guy introduced, not uh, like Michael Kirk Jordan's. Cousins. Wow, yes. it's so that's Cook permanent. Time. Well, well, you hear the way they talk about him. Thielen says it every game. We we're winning because of Dalvin Cook. Well, they are they are really ready in nineteen eighties nineties offense. They are under center eighty percent of the time. The next closest team is something around sixty percent. And so they're they don't they're not in shotgun. The Bears are trying to play 2019 offense. I just don't know if they have you know the quarterback for it. Um, all right, let's pick this game by the way because this is a tough. One. I'm Vikings I'm staying with my Vikings. I'm, I'm, I yeah. am too. The Vikings. I think the Vikings are one of those home road teams, and I think they're going to go undefeated at home. But I think they're totally different on the road. Mm-hmm. I'm picking the Bears. I am going to go against what I normally feel about the Bears. I think they're going to win 18 to 16 at home. There you go. All and right. The defense is going to score 18 points. The second overall pick goes to Mark Sessler. Um, I'm going to also take one of these four o'clock games because it is a large chunk of time in the afternoon. And by the time we get back to me, they'll all be gone. But it's not just simply that kind I of like strategy. I like it, Mark. You're, see, you're plugged in on this. Well, it's, a little shaky in the first couple of weeks. Now you're here. I, see, the one thing that the one th- area that you're completely wrong on is there were three <laughs> late games in the first week. I know. I had no assignment. I roamed the building. I went home for 45 minutes. You're completely wrong in terms of strategy. Not and sure. my drafts have been pristine. Jacksonville at Denver, I'm taking it 425. Oh, yeah. that's. I have oh. not 
Well, you can you can say what you want. Yeah, I mine think was a reach. There are two things happening here that I like. Jacksonville, Denver, number two overall pick. Well, I'm not a huge fan of the Tampa Bay. Rams Hasn't been a reach like this since the Jags took Blake Bortles, or the Bears took Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> How about that? But I'm going to say that I'm excited <laughs> about Gardner Minshew going, oh, yeah. continuing what's he what he's done. With an offense that a lot has changed since compared to what we thought would happen here. A lot has changed already against a Denver defense. Just mentioned with Vic Fangio. No sacks. They're not doing what everyone would have thought capably that would have been no issue with Bradley Chubb, with with the entire defense you have there. I thought Bradley Chubb was going to be off to a Miles Garrett-like defensive player of the year type thing. Nothing is happening there on that defense. And the offense... I know, Greg. You point out how many how many how much yardage they're piling up. They're to me not an exciting offense to watch no. at all. But Gardner Minshew and we walk. It feels like a long time ago against that Titans team. This Jaguars team lost Nick Foles down on the quarterback position. Up goes Gardner Minshew. I thought that they were going to go through a lightened up, tougher Leonard Fournette. He to me is entirely down outside of one run last week that completely changed a box score that would fool you if you went and looked at it afterwards. He was an absolute disaster against the Titans. Didi Westbrook is hurting the team with drops, had a killer drop in the end zone and hurting Gardner Minshew, whose line every week would look a lot better if he did what he could do. But DJ Shark, I think, is someone that has already shown a ton of chemistry with Minshew. I think they can go in and beat the Broncos. I think it's going to happen. And if it does... The Jaguars sitting at 2-2, two and two, doing something no one would have thought once Nick Foles went down. That would be the more interesting result. I feel like yes. this was as tough a game uh, I thought there was on the schedule to pick uh, I, when I picked the games on NFL.com. I took the Broncos, though, because I just feel like they – not that they deserve a win, but that they're a little better than their record. And here's a very lukewarm take. Jo- Joe Flacco hasn't been terrible. As much as, you know, he, he's made a couple big mistakes – but he's not their biggest problem. Their tackles are the right now the worst tackle situation in the league. And so you don't want Joe Flacco back there behind it. But there's a reason to me that he's ranked ninth right now in QBR and he's 14th or 15th in PFF. He's just fine. He's not helping them in any way. I, I feel like I'm an Eli defender right now. You, they just have other big problems quote, on their team. He's what? not helping them in any way. No, he's not. He's a mid-level. He's a starting quarterback of an 0-3. He is helping them between the 20s. Yeah. They are number one in the NFL in plays per drive. Number three in time of possession for drive. Number seven in yards per drive. Number 13 in drive success rate. They are moving the ball to the red zone and then running into a brick wall. Well, that's what happens when you have time. no big play. They have no big plays. They should have more. Cortland Sutton's kind of having that breakout year. The running game looked awesome last week. I do think there are some underlying parts of this team that just aren't that bad and can win They're this game, especially without Jalen Ramsey, who we haven't mentioned is expected to miss the game with, for the birth of oh his daughter. They're the strangest 0-3 team I can remember. All those offensive numbers I just said, but they're also number 29 in average starting field position because their defense, which has stars on it, is the first defense since the 1982 sack statistic came official to have zero sacks and zero t- turnovers in three straight right. games. The defense the is the bigger problem. Is It's kind of my point. Well, I see what you're saying, and Wes is, has the numbers to back it up, but watching them Joe Flacco offense it's hard work 
He's uh, not going down the field. He's also played the Bears and the Packers in back-to-back is, weeks. That's a tough schedule. That's about as tough of a And now he's got the Jags, which isn't much easier. It's hard work. I don't I don't expect them to tur- turn into a totally different offense with a weaker defense, and the Jags is a tough challenge even without J- Jalen Ramsey. I, I just don't I don't think he's the answer. Just like Eli Manning wasn't the answer he's in not. New York. He's not. But they don't have anybody to turn to right now. They just feel more like a 6-10 and 10 team than a 3-13 than a and 13 just, team. And you're going to get those six wins sometimes in home games against teams like the Jags. There's a time, sometimes when you want to just like pretend it's 2021 and look back on the 2019 Broncos or look back on the 2019 fill in the blank team and be like, we could spend all week long, you know, spinning the numbers and telling you why they're affected between the 20s. But it was a botched operation to think. And maybe I'll be wrong. But the concept of Joe Flacco taking on the Broncos, they're 0-3. I think they're going to finish about 5-11, 6-10, and they're going to move on very quickly. Yeah, I agree. Flacco, to me, isn't the problem, though. It's not drafting a quarterback higher, or it's Drew Locke, or it's their tackles. Or hitting on quarterbacks. Like, they they needed to have a real quarterback to build around. By the way, Jalen Ramsey, our prayers were answered. It looks like he's he's better. It looks like the illness uh, that had gripped him and dropped him to his knees has moved on. Now he's got the back injury comes in and the, and the hamstrings, his body's shutting down. Well, all that stuff is in the background. And now he's got a baby coming. With, you can with Golden Tate's uh, sister. Give him that? credit. He covers his bases. His Brilliant. plausible deni- deniability skyrocketed from flu to back stiffness to having a baby. It's so true because flu, obvious BS, and nobody took it seriously. Doug Rohn literally laughed at a press conference when asked about it. Back injury. Overly suspicious because it's the one injury a player can say he's dealing with that they can't diagnose. It's it, the, diagnosing back injuries is very difficult. So, but it's still it didn't pass the smell test. No baby on the way. Who can say anything about you that? No, you You're can't. not allowed to. And I, you I, are right I, now. I, what do you mean? I didn't say anything. He's saying you cannot say anything. You can I, call yeah. obvious BS, and he's a selfish player to me on back injury, um, having vomit issues or whatever he was dealing with. The baby thing, now he's he's found a way. He's in the clear. In the clear. Now, how long does he get to stay away? There are people in this building for paternity leave that disappear for like six weeks, and they use every day the NFL will allow. Will Jalen Ramsey go this route? Mm. I mean, the whole thing is not a good look, and I don't care what anybody says. I, you talk about guys you want in your locker room, guys you want as leaders. Jalen Ramsey's an amazing player. This is not. This has been an ugly, ugly show. I don't. That's. I know, Greg. You totally disagree with me. I don't. This, I just don't think it's a newfound. Ph- and it's you know, different. The part that I disagree with is that this is some newfound phenomenon with players now. Mike Ditka begged to be, you know, traded from his team. I've, I can name five Patriots who have forced their way out with big time fights and contracts. Half of them, you know, they, Ty Law, Asante Samuel, Richard Seymour. It's like this happens. This has been happening throughout NFL history. Did they stop practicing when that happened? They quit in the middle of the Asante. season. Asante, it's a terrible Asante. look. Well, so but that doesn't make this. No, it's like you're saying it's not. I'm not stand, saying it's not a new, new history, it's, but it's tedious if you're a fan of the team or if you're trying to run a defense and your player is not practicing, or if it's your teammate and he's the best player on your team. Well, we'll continue this in the Melvin Gordon discussion when we get to the Chargers. All right, let's move on uh, with a number three overall pick, Greg Rosenthal. Select. This is the first time all year I've been nervous while other people were predicting uh, picking games because I really wanted the Pats Bills uh, early, and so I'm going to take that. Uh, this will be the first nice game choice. I get to watch uh, with the Patriots live all year, and it's a really great way. Really good pick, Greg. To test this defense. Really nice pick, Greg. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. 
you know, two, three and O teams that I think need to be tested. The Patriots defense, who've only given up six points this year, they've, they've scored 12. Everyone will point out they haven't played anyone. I don't care. That's still impressive. I mean, you're, you're, you're playing NFL teams, including the Steelers. It goes back to the Super Bowl, and it's just the, the way they're doing it. They're playing 19 guys over 15, 20 snaps a week. I, I kind of think that's been slept on. It's almost – it's unprecedented. Mm. I mean, Michael Bennett is making noise when he's out there. He's playing 20 snaps a week. We got John Simon out there making noise, playing 20 – like, their, their depth is, is wild. It reminds me of, like, a – supercharged version of what the Eagles did a, a few years ago. I wonder if they're so rested now that it's a tougher game. Maybe they start whittling that group down uh, when they need it. Uh, but I don't know if they will need it this Sunday because they're playing a guy in Josh Allen who I think also needs to be tested. I think he's gotten a, way too much credit um, for beating three really bad defenses and in those games accounting for five total touchdowns with seven combined interceptions and fumbles and having a lot of bad plays. I mean, he makes good plays, too. He's kind of fun to watch. Not saying that he's not entertaining, that he's not a little better, but I want to see it against a really good defense. Like, I mean, he had a terrible turnover against the Bengals, but what I think he's done is he's progressed from last year, and that was the first thing they wanted to see. I think he's the right quarterback. A little bit, though. I think that that's where I want to see him. Like, his, his short throws... He has no touch on him. He th- he throws it a hundred miles an hour, six feet, six yards away. And I don't know. I don't know if you coach that or who what. knows how long he'll be there. But I I honestly think he's he's a he's an okay fit for them right now. And they found the right people around him with Cole Beasley and John Brown. I don't like their matchup for their offense. I mean, any team's offense against the Patriots defense, but they particularly don't feel like they were, they're set to go off. They st- they should have scored more points in all these other games. They are not an explosive attack. They, they're playing the right teams while he develops until now. This is, the, this is the litmus test. But I do think the one area where it's obvious that they're much improved is the three and outs are gone. That's it, fair. They're a very chaotic offense because of the style of play he has, which to me is very entertaining. But the three and outs are out of their lives. Hmm. I think it's a big test, too, for the Patriots offense, who I think's also maybe gotten a little too much credit when their offensive line is clearly struggling, especially in the running game. Shaq Mason, who's kind of their, you know, benchmark there, has probably had the worst three-game stretch of his career, plus they've had big-time injuries there. Josh Gordon and Tom Brady aren't really in sync. Gordon makes highlight reel plays, but that's been a little up and down, and this is just a much, much tougher test against a really good Bills defense. I never thought I'd say this in 2019, but they lost their fullback, James Devlin, to IR. I think that matters for that. That's one team where that matters. That wipes out one of their formations they use. Well, they'll just play Jacob Johnson instead of Devlin, right? Maybe. Devlin Devlin, made a ton of plays last year. Yeah, part of me doesn't mind it just because you know, Devlin has had a terrible start to the year, and whenever they've run that package with Michelle, they're not doing very well. And now I think you put Philip Dorsett on the field more often. Maybe you put Jacoby Myers on the field more often, and, and that, to me, is the way to go. Dor- Dorsett is really playing he great. Could, this could be a Dorsett, a breakout year for Dorsett. Tom Brady 30-3 and three against the Bills. Now, that doesn't mean anything on Sunday, but that's pretty incredible. <laughs> Just that number in a vacuum. I think it's one of the it's three. one of those stats where I would say it always means something against the Bills because he and the same coach and a lot of the same people have gone and done this and thumped Buffalo over and over. He has more wins in Buffalo Stadium than any Bills quarterback. And McDermott hasn't picked him off yet, which I think is significant. And it's another ex-Patriots coach, Brian Dable, calling the plays for the Bills offense. So it's like every week it seems like they're playing a They played him tough on Monday Night Football last yep. year. Very tough. Do you know um, how to get... In Tom Brady's head? Uh, 
Pass rush up the middle. Up the middle. <laughs> yeah. Make him uncomfortable. <laughs> Get him moving. Get him. Fi- hey, you blitz him so much, he'll pick you apart. But if you can manufacture something in the front four, yeah. especially right in the middle, right up in his face mask. Really cracked the code here. Tom don't like that. Yeah. He's By the, the way, he's watch the, the Bills win for that exact reason. He's the only quarterback like who Francesa's nephew? Who, who are we doing here? <laughs> Carl Francesa. So going back to week 16 of last year, I can't hold all of these great Patriots teams in my memory, but they are 8-0 and with an average score of 32-12 to and have a plus-20 sack differential. I think this is up there with the 2007 Patriots as the best stretch they've ever mm. had. As, as we're talking about, I, I didn't even uh, consider this, but I'm going to lock this game up in the battle of 3-0. I forgot about <laughs> locks. Nice to pick uh, the Patriots for once. I would think at a certain point we should you know, remember locks. It's been years now. No, no, oh. I remembered it. I was just thinking another game, but as we're talking about it, sometimes the, the spirit moves. Literally we're allowed years. to lock up the Patriots? Sure, in a battle. I'm locking them up. I've never locked them up in my life. I can't look in the mirror. I can't look in the mirror on Nor that one. Nor can I. No, come on. No. Well, I've been known to switch mine, but I didn't realize we're allowed to lock the Patriots up sure. on the show. Come on. I mean, all all I've heard in the last three weeks, including from me, is how competitive the Bills are, and they are, and it's on the road. Okay, please. I mean, it doesn't matter what we say. We don't have to look. But in this your feels mirror. like a distinctly different. Scenario. I mean, this game needs to look in the mirror. You know, I'm not doing. No I'm not locking this. Got up. no rules. I can't, you know, I good to, for you. I had to Mark. live with myself all weekend. We ha- locking we have, up a guy. It's thirty and three. No, we have a little 16. rule. It's basically if it's predicted to be a one possession game. That's the rule I play by because I think you need to have rules in life. If it's, if it's picked to be a one possession game or not, then it's okay. Where's I your lanyard, Mister Roll Follower? If I. You know, if I they don't they don't bother me about the lanyard. They just know you're a the chump. good thing about going by that rule, Wes, is you don't have to look in the mirror. I know he just <laughs> hey, I got a rule. It's all right. <laughs> all right, so Greg locks up the Pats. I I have a a terrible suspicion this is going to be a huge letdown game and it's going to be thirty six to six uh, Patriots. But it would be a lot of fun. There hasn't been a huge home game in uh, Western New York in a long time. This will be. Uh, that's going to be I weirdly don't even feel scene. that confident about it, even though I locked it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a nice spin, John. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is uh, – I have the next two picks. Um, while you guys get, like, super excited about who's in the broadcast booth or whether the game's played on grass or under a roof, if I have a chance to take Patrick Mahomes right now, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes, and I'm watching him. I'm spending part of my Sunday watching Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback. So I'm going to take the, uh, although it's a technicality because, you know, we all know who the Lions are, uh, even if their fans don't know it yet. This is two undefeated teams, the 3-0 and Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> at, shot. at the Detroit Lions, who, of course, are 2-0-1. and The game at Ford Field, there's been a, a lot of buzz brewing um, Mark, the last few days of people getting really excited that Patrick Mahomes, as incredible as he is, as, as a su- the superpower of all superpowers at the quarterback position right now, has never played a game in a dome. Uh, and the idea that that will somehow unlock even more furious terror in his game. I'm, I, I don't know if I buy that. In fact, I don't buy that, but I'm just, it's going to be fun. I get to watch it. I guess you could, well, I think you've, you've picked an exciting event to, uh, to track. I mean, he's on pace to throw for 6,300 yards, so I don't know what it means when we unlock Patrick Mahomes at this point. It becomes something Scary beyond thought. sort of human achievement and the level. The ceiling has no roof. I, we talk about, you know, oh, the, the Bears and the, the Vikings are, offenses from the 90s and we're kind of like bagging on them when we say that 
But when I watch the Chiefs, and I, you know, initially on Sundays, it's through highlight packages because I haven't covered them, and you're watching all they do in like in a flurry of movements in three or four minutes. It reminds me of those 89 Niners team, like the team, like the 89 Niners or the 94 Niners that just. That's the highest compliment Mark Sessler gives up. the team. They well, remind because, me of the 89 because Niners. They, growing up on the East Coast, you never would watch them. They would just be, they'd be something you'd just get highlights of. And it was nonstop aerial assault and destroying people, doing things that no other team was doing with a coaching staff that was doing stuff that no one else was doing and a Joe Montana figure who was doing things no other quarterback was doing. 30-something years later, bang, Patrick Mahomes doing it all over again. They're dropping a hammer. It's a traveling show. They're going to go into Detroit and do it again. I always feel bad for like Jeff Greenholtz in our research department because Patrick Mahomes make them he just makes them waste more ink every week. <laughs> it charges up the record books every single well, week. Keeps it busy. Keeps yeah. it busy. Yeah. So my thoughts on this game, a little dig on the Lions. Lions fans have been coming after me pretty hard on the power rankings because I won't give them what they think they deserve, which is a top ten ranking. Uh, but I will give them credit. You know, they closed out these last two games. They got some help. Uh, they caught, I believe, the Eagles at the exact perfect time where they are injury-wise. Uh, and the Chargers kind of Chargers, they 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 chargered that game. Um, but the Lions deserve credit for finding a way to win those two games. Um, so I just think this has all the recipe of the bye coming up for Detroit of a come-down-to-earth game. And Ma- Matthew Stafford is playing very well right now. And I, and I think um, that the idea that they're at home – Maybe they keep things frisky, but I just don't think they have the firepower to keep up with the Chiefs. I don't think anybody does, and I certainly don't think the Lions do. I think they're in the stage of their rebuilding where their starters are pretty good. They're good enough to hang in games and not be embarrassed. But if if they get injuries at a few key positions, they're done because they have no depth whatsoever. Well, they could be like they were a few years back when they made the playoffs with Caldwell with a little breaks. I mean, They're I, not I th- that good. I think they could be a team that wins – Ten games, sure. That team I, had Indomitian Sue and Calvin Johnson in their primes. This this has a team that's that's fair. They're not as talented defensively, but I think the team defense and Patricia's ability to game plan shut down Zach Ertz a week ago. Justin Coleman right now might be the best slot cornerback in the league. Darius Slay is playing really well. The defensive line gives them an identity. It's not, they're not superstars, but Trey Flowers is getting like a little better each week. Ashawn Robinson's good. Mike Back Daniels now. is there. It's they have players, and I could just see them being a little better than the sum of their parts. And and if they can win the, a lot of times that sixth wild card spot comes down to who wins close games. You know, who goes five and two in one score game. I mean, Slade. I I hope he's available. He's he's been limited, and he's been that would be up a killer. With a hamstring injury. It would be Mike Daniels may not be in there. But then I flip over to the Chiefs, and they don't have Tyreek Hill, and we talked about it. You know, since he's been gone, they don't really miss him. They keep filling in the blank with new playmakers, and it's not just stopping. Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs. It's now Miko Hardman. It's 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 multiple. Demarcus Robinson, it, right. whom Andy Reid told the beard and the bird, he thinks is a star in the making. Well, Andy Reid in September is a phenomenon. It's like you could have you bought a down payment on a house in L.A. betting on Andy Reid in September the last four Let's not years. Get crazy, but he was doing. <laughs> I'm that. serious. He was doing with that with Alex, he was with Alex with Smith. Alex Smith. This is totally different. <laughs> they they come out and they just they just they just have an advantage where t- the league hasn't caught up to whatever they're doing yet. All right. A lot of intensity in the studio right now. Hey, this is what we need uh, if you're a Lions fan in the next three weeks. Chiefs at Green Bay, Vikings. Win one of those games. It's not going to be easy, but find a way to they win will. one of those they games. They will. They're not, a, they're, not a, they're not the old Lions in the sense that they're going to totally collapse. All right. 
I now unless pick they again. get injuries. Well, that's that's three quarters of the league. Well, I'm just saying they have no depth. Hey, Number five we, pick is up. Can we get Ricky next week? Effective next week, a nice like a uh, snake sound effect when we snake. Mm. Okay. Order. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That sounds kind of gross. You really want that little like a, there? something? Yeah. As it'd, be, it'd be our okay. first foray into grotesque sound clips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Show. Yeah, you can just Dan. do it for today, Dan. That'll be great, though. Great. All right, so, yes, I took the early game. Now, strategy-wise, I feel somewhat confident uh, that you guys both having – we have two people that have picked late games. I don't want to get left out in the cold here, so I'm going to stick Greg with the all-early slate and grab Tampa Bay at L.A. Rams – uh, a late game. And I, um, I'm really into this game, actually, so it kind of works out. Um, one takeaway I had from watching the Bucks giants and, you know, Danny Dimes stole that show w- with good reason. Um, but Jameis Winston was really fun in that game. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know. I don't think it's any, even a discussion anymore, Jameis Winston against Marcus Mariota. Stop. I think Jameis he Winston— He played the worst defense in the NFL, and you're, you have some grand takeaway from it. My grand takeaway is that he pushes the ball downfield. He's In not, that game. He's not One boring game. as hell. And, yes, he uh, is. And he is a much more dynamic uh, downfield thrower than your boy Mariota. Well, oh, yeah. Everybody, everybody's a more dynamic oh, yeah. downfield welcome, thrower than Welcome Mariota. to Jameis Winston Island. Mariota, not, not still safe. your boy, I'd imagine, at this point. No, I've got some stuff for him later. Yeah. Now, Winston, yes, he's very much still a question mark in the in the organization. I'm just saying, yes, and you made the good point, Wes, uh, that Janoris Jenkins got absolutely torched by Mike Evans in this game uh, last week. Uh, but this is that was a good game for Winston. To, to build on and if Matt Gay doesn't blow that game that 44 yard reception at the end of regulation would have been a, a massive building block for the Bucks. so I kind of I'm interested to see how they follow that game now they got to travel and play the Rams who are the Rams and they're a good defense if, if Winston reverts back to a turnover machine and a guy that doesn't move the ball consistently um, you'll look good, Wes. I'll look bad. But I mean, I th- I'm going to say that maybe it's been decided for a few years maybe now we, we talked about it on this show last week um, you know what's going on? Bruce Arians came out of came out of retirement for, to watch Todd Bowles get all the shine on the sideline. Well, nice little building block last week. Let's see what they do against the Rams. Mm. I, I'm more. I'm also worried. Not worried, but how good is this Bucks defense going to be week after week? We've kind of seen teams use uh, the Bears model from a year ago to help slow down that Rams offense. The, the Patriots used it where you have kind of six guys on the line of scrimmage. You have a, a, a safety, you know, on these crossers trying to shut those down. You're trying to shut down the outside zone. And it's been pretty effective. You know, Sean McVay's tried to adjust and they've had incremental improvement. But all the talk of how the Rams don't look the same and the Rams don't look at, well, that's true about the offense and the special teams. Their defense is 200% better. They're fourth right now in defensive efficiency. Wade Phillips adds, you know, Eric Weddle and Clay Matthews. And this defense is is pretty wild. It was a lot about the all-in Rams last year, which I thought was phony. They are kind of all-in on their defense right now. Here are the free agents on their team next year. Michael Brockers, Keep Tlaib, Marcus Peters, Dante Fowler, and then, you know, Weddle and Matthews are on these deals where they may be here or not. I mean, that that is, this is a veteran, grown man team. I think they're ready to just win some games for the Rams. Some of those guys I wouldn't, I don't mind moving on from and, and finding younger pieces to fit in. But looking what Aaron Donald did last week, 
to Cleveland, and he's and, and and Winston is not the same guy, and we've seen then this throughout. When you're suddenly putting heavy pressure on him, and he's forced to make Jameis Winston type decisions, and I would love to see how he survives this matchup with 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 Aaron Donald coming at him. And I guess my from Dan the litmus test when it comes to Jameis Winston, it's fine to say, and I, I you know he's having a game here or there on someone else's team. If I were a fan of a team and he were my quarterback, I I would not be signing up for that at all based on the body of work. I'd want him out. The the Rams defense, I think, is right there behind the 49ers and Packers for most improved in the entire league. And their offense, we spent Tuesday asking when Case Keenum was going to be replaced. We spent the early portion of this show hey wondering now. when Joe Flacco is going to be replaced. Both of those quarterbacks have a higher drive success rate this year than the Rams offense. Mm. Well, well wait, I thought subject. you were going to take it the step further. When are we going to see Blake Bortles replace Jared Goff? <laughs> but I guess not. What is, we don't need that. This is a big game for, well, two more players I'm looking to see in this game. Shaq Barrett, he's got eight sacks. Going at, how many sacks has he had the last two weeks? Seven. Seven sacks. Well, let's see what he does against the Rams O-line that's been a little up and down. A lot uh, up and down. And uh, the other thing, Todd Gurley. The, you know, Again, Sean McVay this week is addressing his workload, whether he's on a, on a pitch count or whatever. He denies it all. Gurley has not been had a big Todd Gurley week yet this season, and this comes on the heels of an offseason where we wondered if Todd Gurley was gone forever. If he doesn't do anything against this Bucks defense at home in what seems like a good spot, I'm going to start wondering if, if this is just what it is now. He, he doesn't seem that he's special enough at this moment to overcome the situation around him, which isn't good. Their offensive line has been pretty bad. I think Andrew Whitworth's start to the year might be the the number one concern deep in the hearts of Rams headquarters because mm. this is one of the best left tackles in the league who's, what, 39 or 40? I think he's like 36. And he's getting beaten week after week. Now, he's played some good opponents, but that it's just surprising to see. I'd be stunned if the Rams fall in this game. They've been on the road twice and been really resilient in tough games, and they've got Wade Phillips, and I, when it comes to Shaq Barrett, I love these early season explosions from players because I would almost put a sandwich on it that he ends up with nine sacks. He has eight right now, and he finishes the year with nine because that oh, I, sandwich I, on it. I, I'm not. I'm, it's I, not an anti Shaq. Put Barrett a sandwich take. on it. It's not an anti Shaq Barrett take. It's just that that stuff happens in the NFL all the time, where there's these little explosions. And Seems then a little anti Shaq Barrett. He's the. I mean, he's he, got 13 he's games the, left. He's the person in the slot I'm talking about. It just this but, stuff happens. Uh, in the I, you know, I always Shaq Barrett. By the way, in the Super Bowl that we went to, uh, had a great game as the third guy behind Demarcus Ware and Von oh, yeah. Miller, and here he is now, five years later, being a star. Mark, I'm conceding our Gardner Minshew Josh Debs sam- Josh Dobbs sandwich. I need to make up some ground. Let's make it ten sacks. What was the, Ooh, what was okay. the context of Let's Gardner? Josh Dobbs would start at least I want in on before this. Foles comes back. Not because of an injury. And I'm waving the white flag on that. Okay. Uh, but I went in on Shaq Barrett, and I'll give you 10 this sacks, is not, not nine. I, they, like, it, it legitimately not Shaq Barrett-related. It's just that early season stat explosions that everyone clings well, can on. Can I get in on weeks. it, too? If it's no, not you're not going to get in on it at all. <laughs> try that. So that's a no. One last no. thing. Hated the play calling by the Bucks at the end of that game. They should That game should have been sealed up. They got very conservative. Maybe that, again, goes back to they don't trust Jameis Winston. You mean giving the field goal kicker a longer <laughs> kick or just everything that led Leading up to, up to right, that. Right, and right. by the way, I... Matt Gay hit a 52-yarder in that game. It's worth it. Stop letting Matt Gay off the hook. He also missed an extra point. I'm and with had another you on the block. play, Colleen. But he, not only did, he, did, uh, did Arians take the delay of game, 
when they did the move to to line it up, that was another negative two yards. They backed up seven yards. <laughs> I yeah, I, I don't know why. What was that? Find that anything but mystifying. But they their last two possessions, they went um, three runs and out, punt back to the Giants. Giants did nothing, and then went uh, eight yard run on first down. One yard run on third down, and then a really crappy uh, tight end swing pass that went for nothing. Mm. You have Mike Evans, who cannot be covered. Go win the ball game. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Greg, you are up. I'm just going to take right? the other. Greg's f- up. I am, and I'm yes. going to take the the last four o'clock game remaining. Even though no one else would would probably take it, just because I'm interested to watch this matchup of Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray's been up and down. You know, they're 29th right now in yards per play. It would look better last week if they had caught a couple of his nice deep throws. Uh, but this Cardinals team is still searching. They they cut Michael Crabtree this week. I'm really watching this game because Russell Wilson is balling out, and he's fun to watch right now. He's kind of having that season. Reminds me a little bit of Ben Roethlisberger in the middle of his career where his mental experience and command of the game now matches his athleticism where his his physical prowess is at its peak. His mental side of it is at its peak. And if he was working for a different organization or a different coordinator, I mean, he'd be an MVP candidate. I mean, maybe he will be in in the long run anyways if he keeps up this pace, but he, he is playing lights out. I, I don't know how much of that you're basing on the Saints game, but I thought he did some amazing things in a game where they were down 27-7 to seven at one point. All three and, weeks, he's really looked great. Yeah, he's and I, you, you described it really well where he's at in his career, and I, I, I'm interested to see what happens with Chris Carson because he's... I, imagine Chris Carson on another team. Imagine him on Bill Belichick's Patriots where you've lost lost three fumbles. You've hurt the team every week, but he is a good player who Pete Carroll has shown faith in again this week. But It, it just, wasn't just the fumbles last week. He was terrible all around and looked slow and lead-footed. And maybe it was the shoes in the rain because he had no footing. Well, he switched his cleats in the middle of that game. He looked awful yeah. last week. And the Saints, I thought the Saints beat him up. But this, but Seattle, to me, uh, they're, they're so fun to watch no matter what's going on. I mean, they, to me, the one killer mistake, they would have been in that game last week had they taken a timeout before the pass to DK Metcalf right before the half where he catches like a 54-yarder, sets them up to take a shot at the end zone or kick a field goal, and they don't. That was a weird Pete Carroll move that hurt them in the second half. And there's, there, how many Seahawks games are there where you're having to score 21 points in the fourth quarter to climb back in out of a slow start? They continue to start really slow. I, Russell Wilson's a bit of a feast or famine quarterback, the way he, his style is. And the Seahawks are one of only four teams that have at least 13 drives where they punted or turned the ball over without picking up a first down. Hmm. They have a lot of negative drives. The Cardinals are one of the other teams. A lot of it, though, is because he's always in third and long because you know they're running on first and second down. And their run, yeah. and their run blocking is 30th, according to Pro Football Outsiders. They've, they've taken a big step back. You would think this would be a get-right game uh, for their offense. I thought Murray, last, was, last week was the one game where he threw a couple terrible picks where he hurt them with with wayward passes not just the offense not you know living up to its height that it was a weird game because about three three and a half quarters in I was thinking to myself oh they're making some progress here a little bit this uh, they're moving the ball David Johnson looks really good and then the wheels came off hideously uh in the fourth quarter for the Cardinals and it was just like oh they're kind of and they're using Kyler Murray to run a little back. bit last week, which was fun to see. And Russell Wilson's running a lot this year. I, I, so little. Matchup of under six-foot uh, quarterbacks. You know I'm taking it. Short guys. <laughs> what up? Kyler You're Murray not short, might though. be your height. I mean, I feel no, like he gets like smaller four, every time I see him. 
He's he is not that crazy. He's not the same size as Greg and I. At least not body mass index. He's going to be like three feet tall by week seventeen. <laughs> I, there, there are some just gr- like a, a helmet, like running around tiny feet underneath. <laughs> like I, I go to you know my daughter's <laughs> elementary school, and there are some girls in that school that are my like height. There's the no magic way I'm hat and Frosty Bruce. the Snowman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Next up is Mark Sessler. I mean, I'm going to go Cleveland at Baltimore, which I, you know, another year I would have just taken with my first pick, and I'm getting what would have been my first pick with the eighth pick here. Well, I thought about just, taking it. You don't think I would like but, watching that game? Right, but but see, I'm, I don't want to get this thing. Let guy. the mental no, gymnastics that's, begin. That's the thing. That's, oh. that's the mind game. I played the odds that I thought no one would take the Browns game from me, and I was going to take Bills, New England, and didn't do Thank it you. for you. It's so all we're good. operating in unison. I. I'm going to drop Cleveland at some point here if they continue along the the current trajectory. Drop what? I don't need. Drop I'm going to drop in. picking them in like in, oh, it's my see, Sunday see, watch see, and use you know watch them in the middle of the night. I thought you meant as a, like a team that you support. I mean, there have been arguments for that along the way. <laughs> yeah, weird time to drop them. <laughs> I guess it would. I'm not about to do that as a fan, uh, but I, you know, and I I would say, and I, I feel like I was suspicious dating through the entire summer, and I never bought into this media creation that they're going to soar into the Super Bowl with a coach that's never coached a Well, you game. picked them to win the Super Bowl. I did that as a, <laughs> as a total novelty. That's a no total well, novelty. Fair point. But I have, I have said over and over that there were concerns, and it's played out entirely. And it's, it's at this point when you say, what is it that's wrong with them? You could point to so many different things. It could be the experience of Freddie Kitchens. It could be an offense that... I look at. I went back and watched two games from last year, one where they mm. absolutely thumped the Falcons, and I don't see the same offense. They are not running the same plays. They're not using their wide receivers the same way. Their wide receivers, based on whether it's third and four or second and eight or third and 18, are not running uh, routes that make a lot of sense. Nick Chubb has... I love this offense when it went through and funneled through Nick Chubb. And it, it, they, they've gone... Although we played a ton of snaps against the Rams, that wasn't what was happening there. Baker Mayfield, obviously, is getting absolutely destroyed in the press for what he's saying in press conferences and his feel, play on the field. Yes, he looks very confused. I, I still believe in him as a quarterback, but he is having a really rough start, and I think it's the offense around him. Steve Wilkes is doing a great job with the defense. That's been completely lost in what everyone talks about is a team that needs their defense to hold someone else to 12 points to win a game. I, I, I've watched bad Browns offenses before where you feel like, they're stuck and they cannot get out of their own way. This feels that as much as any other that I can remember because of who's on the field. It's really depressing to watch. I can't believe I'm saying this compared to what we thought in the summer and the offseason, but they're playing the right defense to get well. The Ravens secondary, they gave up 350 yards to Kyler Murray, who hasn't done anything versus any other defense. And they looked bad last week against Mahomes. Everybody looks bad against Mahomes. But they're injured a little bit in the secondary. They're not getting much pass rush. And people are passing all over this defense. Yeah, I think they miss C.J. Mosley and Tavon Young, who is their slot cornerback, both a lot. Cause and Jimmy they, Smith's been out. Te- teams are killing them in the slot. I think it's what, Anthony Everett. And then they... They miss Mosley a lot. That the middle linebacker teams are throwing all over them, and and I kind of want to see Earl Thomas get a little more comfortable here. He hasn't really made a difference. That was my big question that I, I wrote down for this game: is just how much has the Ravens' defense declined? Because I think it's it's fair to say it's declined. They've lost some talent, but they've played 
teams at such opposite extremes with the Dolphins and the Cardinals and the Chiefs that I actually think this is a good test because I think if you are a pretty good defense, this Browns offense is very stoppable. Uh, but I think it's a test on both sides that, that actually it's not a bad matchup. On the subject of solidarity, it did cross my mind to lock up the Ravens in this game, but I don't want to go that route because we sit next to each other, Mark, at, at downstairs on Sundays. I mean, I locked up against the Browns last week. I know where you're coming from. Yeah, but, but it did cross my mind that it would make sense because I do – I love the Ravens at right. home in this game, and I think the Browns, they could certainly – I put them – Same level favorites as Patriots-Bills, by the way. I Well, the, I just Browns, I looked at some stats a few minutes ago, and they it would not have been a lockable game from what I saw. The, the Browns are a team that I absolutely can see – getting it together at some point. Let's hope they do. Otherwise, it's going to be one of the bigger bust seasons of the decade. Um, I think they will put it together. I just don't think it's going to be this week. I think it's a bad matchup and bad timing for them. And I, I, I like the Ravens a lot in this game. Sometimes it's it's about who you play early in the season and what they show on film. And I think the coordinators, and this has been written about, Steven Ruiz did a good piece on For the Win have shown, you know, been disguising coverages for Baker Mayfield, showing him a lot of different looks and then changing after a snap, and that's just worked. So all three teams have just kind of done that, and he doesn't know what he's seeing, and he's just not confident. Yeah, I mean, he played his old DC. He played Wade Phillips. Right. Now I've got the Ravens coming in, and I, I it's not been a good draw for the team you're playing this week for the Browns either. But Mayfield is another example that these quarterbacks are not going to be made in seven or eight games. There's Patrick Mahomes, but then there's like 99.9% of the population. Cleveland's got two cornerbacks that they might not play again and Denzel Ward and mm. Reedy. It's like, I just, I, it's not a good setup. Breaking news. The NFL just dropped a tweet announcing the Super Bowl 44. What are we? 40? 54? 50, 50. I mean, 44. 54. Uh, halftime show. It is J-Lo and Shakira in a co-headline. I like that. Tread carefully, boys. Your thoughts? I think you were right when you said 44. <laughs> no, I mean, Shakira is uh, of the now. Hey, we're in Miami. It makes sense. J-Lo, is she an owner? I don't think she's. No, I don't, I don't think she has a piece. But I think, you know, with the musical roots in that city, J-Lo and Shakira, there's been worse ones that we've covered. It is a very safe I mean, pick. you're going to, you know, go, go trot out the who with their walkers uh, again. It's, I'll it's a very safe pick. And I'll tell you why. First of all, this is the first rock nation. They're involved with this now. Um, you got killed. You were in one of the all-time American cities for hip-hop last year, and you booked Maroon 5. And <laughs> That was that was not a move they should. Didn't you, work out. You got you 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 shipped in a big boy to get a, a verse in, but otherwise it was just not the right feel. So now we're in Miami, which has uh, of course a uh, the a strong Latino vibe to it. So you get uh, J Lo, you get a, uh, get Shakira with the Colombian mix. We're, we're, I get where they're going with this. You were killing this is me. Perfect. It's a perfect. There's, I mean, there's nothing to argue about. When it. hips don't lie, come on. I mean, you you tell me Mark Sessler's not going to be dancing. Yeah. Well, you, I think you, it's you pretty guys, good. You guys I gotta were say. killing me for uh, you know going and seeing Hustlers, J Lo's. <laughs> J Lo's so hot right now. You were ahead of the uh, it was curve. A scouting on mission, and she. Did I saw a great it on job. Friday too, Mark. Don't worry. They. I'm not worried. Combine them. They have multiple bangers, mm-hmm. and I think remember this is a halftime show for a football game. Let's not overthink it. People are going to kill the halftime show no matter what now. You're going to have two beautiful women doing their, right, their hit songs. The majority of people that don't watch here? football, they watch the Super Bowl for the halftime show, and I think that this is a widely strong – this is a good pick. This good is, in, good this is a good pick. All right. J-Lo's hot. 
I've made peace with the fact that I'm never going to be the Super Bowl. $4 million dollars worth of fireworks in like eight seconds of eight, eight minutes of music. You're not going to beat Justin Timberlake, but this is, this is good for Miami. I like it. All right, Wes, you're up. Well, there, this is a steal this late in the, in the draft, but uh, Carolina Panthers at Houston Texans. Nice pick. Thank you. Nice pick. Yeah. And you're coming around on the Texans, so nice job. I there, am. Too. And D- Deshaun Watson's so fun to watch. And wouldn't it be funny if Bill O'Brien and his pastor friend started getting some pop for executive of the year? No, oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Easterby, Jack Easterby. Like, look, he's got Carlos Hyde and Dick the Johnson. Man they got a backfield. You're the man they out. They got Kenny Stills, who was... You know, the afterthought in the Larry, Laramie Tunsil trade, making big plays every week. There's only a handful of players in the NFL with more big plays than Kenny Stills this year at wide receiver. Uh, you got the rookies on the O-line. Both of them started last week. Both of the guys they drafted started last week, Titus Howard and Max Sharping, and they had the best pass, pass protection Deshaun Watson's had this year. I, I, to me, the, the Texans look like the class of the AFC South. They completely on the fly after Lamar Miller blew out his knee. Not terrible for him, but maybe the best thing that happened to their backfield because they had to basically on the fly come up with a new uh, setup and you get Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde over the course of what, like 10 days or whatever it was? And they're a nice pairing. And uh, yeah, I'm w- I'm totally with you, Wes. That I, I think that well, I know my every- target audience. Yeah, everything everything's working with them right now, and I could see them getting hot. And let me just say something, Wes, and I don't want to steal your your thunder here, but. I'm off to an 0 and 3 start in the locks, and I, I have to remember where I came from. What saved me last year? What kept me in the running was getting behind my Texans and going for a ride with them during their winning streak. So I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to lock up the Texans. We are two and ten as a group so far. I'm going to lock up the Texans. <laughs> uh, and I know um, there will be some people that are going to say Kyle, Kyle Murray and Kyle Allen. Yes. Yes. Kyle oh, Allen. You'll know his name by Sunday night. Oh! Yeah. That he'll come in and he'll throw four more touchdowns and all that. Well, let's let's see you do it against J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless. Get to work, son. Well, that's fine. I would I would say one thing, though. Kyle Allen's – some of these, like, come, burst out of the gate starts feel a little fluky. And it would even have been fair to you – know, you want to see three or four weeks of Gardner Minshew or three or four years. That's fine. With Kyle Allen, and I never put anything into the Week 17 start from last year, but if you combine what he's done over two – Operations two two full starts. He's been great in the way he threw the ball and the way the offense came to life. I thought the passing game with him last week. It's I get that the whole Cam Newton discussion is for another time, but he was doing stuff that Cam Newton was not doing previously, and I think they're mm. they're more dangerous with him in there if he doesn't flip the switch and turn into something completely different. If he plays like that, unlike Min- Minshew, I want to see more of Kyle Allen. Kind of looks like a guy who was a five-star recruit and was ranked as the number one high school recruit in the country, beat out Kyler Murray once for a starting quarterback job. I mean, what a crazy route that he's had that he's ultimately playing better now than he did at Houston, which was the final place he went to college. He came out early, even though he only played four games there before he was benched. It's it's just great. It's just wild, but he, he doesn't look like a guy who's like overachieving. He looks like a guy that belongs. He has great touch, great rhythm. Um, I've been impressed with that. To me, the key matchup is that defensive line for the Texans. And there's a guy, a fifth-round rookie they drafted named Charles Amenahue, who's on that defensive line and has really played well early in a rotational role in addition to D.J. Reader, J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless hmm. against the Panthers' offensive line that really has struggled sometimes to pass protect this year. I think Allen and the Texans' O-line were maybe the two most 
surprising, revelatory moments of last week, and now they're kind of going against each other. But I, I like this lock for you, Dan. I and I I'm with you that the the Texans are certainly the most talented team in the AFC South, and I think they they certainly should be the favorites. As much as I like the Colts, the Texans, if they're firing on all cylinders, they're better. We talked about the quarterbacks that are have replaced their uh, starters on Tuesday's show. Who is the most likely to hold on to the job if they got got hot, like legit hot over a course of a month? Would it be Allen? There's no way that that Minshew would take Nick Foles' job, right? I don't know why. I don't know why we'd say no way with anyone. But the Just money, the, the money with Nick Foles is money. problematic. But I wouldn't say no way with anyone. Oh, I think Cam Newton presents some issues. I think Minshew would have a better chance. Oh yeah, I do than too. Kyle Allen. I unless Allen's having like an MVP type of season where he's clearly a top five NFL quarterback. Like Kurt Warner. I think type Newton just gets situation. his job back. Right. Whereas if Minshew's keeping the train rolling and they're winning and he's good, they they might they might ride that. Minshew's selling tickets right yeah, now. Yeah, they. Nick Foles has like what. Ten snaps in his Jaguars career, and Cam Newton has an MVP in his Panthers career. Mark makes a good point, though. There's no absolutes. True. I mean, if Kyle Allen goes seven and one and has 24 touchdowns in one pick, it's like I don't know. You're not going to take him out. It's just wild. Can I ask a snake draft related question? Sure. Yeah, how we, is this going this way? Are we out of are, order again? I was. No, little... I don't think so. I think it's under control. So I go again here. Yes, right? it's snakes west. Okay. Keep up, everybody. Oh, I okay. I thought that you picked. A there game. is. You just I, locked a game. See, okay. it's not that easy. It's not. I didn't say. It I wrote it I down. Don't, I also don't claim to know how it the works. The way that I know that I'm right is I actually wrote it out now. So I track <laughs> it pick by pick. Then no more questions. Yeah. Wes, you're up again. Mm, so I'm not going to be able to pay much attention to this game. Ooh. <laughs> yep. See what happens? Uh-oh. Somebody blew it. See what happens? No, I mean, that's all of us. We Our second game for a, for a certain time slot, you can't. I can, I can do two. <laughs> Keep an eye on two. <laughs> Dan has better powers of concentration and yeah, just football just, tape watching than you. I have my TV game is always going to be number one, and then I have my uh, casting on my laptop game, yeah. uh, which is not going to get the same amount of love. But I, by the end of the game, I could tell you what happened. Well, the key moments. is that you turn the volume up to levels on both TVs that drowns out everyone else's. So that's that's one way to that's that one works way to play that. That works as well. <laughs> what you are my TVs too loud? I don't know where Greg's going at, but that's funny. <laughs> I'm not going to change my ways. We know that. Mm. Actually, it is. You bring it up anytime. Let's say I change a channel so and it's the volume spikes and it has not. It's not my fault. It's just the channel changes. Marco's like this. Well, because so just if people now that we're visual, the the cubicle wall between you and me is right here, and Dan has the TV Every time. literally two inches from my ear, and he plays the TV at volume like, and it's and I'm not the only one that's. I never even said anything because I knew it would get so critiqued. It's like volume 88 next, like an inch from my ear. Part of me doesn't hate it, actually, because I kind of hear um, what's Dan's going like, on in oh, some I'll other games. Oh, I'll just do what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone, you know, if you listen to the podcast, this is the part of the show to just fast forward to the video <laughs> section, the previous minute. It'll um, be a lot of fun. Th- listen, YouTube. You know, me, I got a journalism degree. Grew up in a newsroom, okay? Newsroom's not a quiet place. It's not a library. It's always going to be a little bit amplified. I make no apologies. We 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 fully understand that you embrace that self concept. Make a pick, Wes. <laughs> I'm going back and forth here. I Wes, make a pick. I'm going to settle on the Titans versus the Falcons. Oh, oh, rugged. You have done me a favor. I that know. I did everyone game. a favor there because I want to no, see. Fine. No, it's fine. It's, like, it's not fine. It's a terrible game with two teams that are hard to watch. <laughs> I know that was the point. 
Oh, I, I, wanna, know, I see your strategy. Yeah, I want to yeah. see if this is the last death throes of Marcus Mariota's career. Ooh. You might, get a, a you big, might get a little QB switch. It's a big challenge for him here. The heat's on. They are dead last in pass protection, according to Football Outsiders. They've, they lost both their starting guards in the offseason, and they only signed one guy, Roger Saffold, to replace those two guards. They've been missing Taylor Lewan. Now, that's one thing. We know the pass protection is terrible. But Marcus Mariota turns pressure into sacks at the highest rate of any quarterback in the NFL. It's a bad combination with enough blame to go around where a guy like Corey Davis, who was drafted in the top five picks of the draft, has four touchdowns in like 30-something career games. Their receivers are not very good. Their offensive line is not very good. Their running game isn't on track. Their play caller isn't very good. Um, And Marcus Mariota, this stat, I think, really defines who he is. In 22 of his 58 career starts, he has zero touchdowns, zero passing touchdowns. That is the highest rate of anybody since he's been in the league. Eli Manning is second, and he just got benched. Um, And it's the highest rate for any quarterback in his first 58 starts over the past 20 years. He just doesn't throw enough touchdowns, and that's the job. They've thrown a lot of coordinators at him, too. I mean, maybe none of them are Sean McVay, but after four coordinators or whatever it's been... I mean, what, what's that, the that's a great way to break it down, Wes. But you could also just, you, as you try to build a case for Marcus Mariota, you look at his numbers career-wise every year. It's like 13 touchdowns, 14 touchdowns. I mean, this is 2019. Yeah. This is not 1983 anymore. Mike Sando from The Athletic had a quote from an NFL executive who says, you look at some of his numbers and they're okay, and then you look again and they're just not okay. He doesn't. They're pa- not good enough. He doesn't pass the eye test. And in a game where the Falcons' defensive line, I think, is deeper this year, and plays better at home. At least the, the one time they've been at home, they, they played with their hair on fire. And you, you're going up against a real professional offense. I'm not really that worried about the Falcons. I think they're going to be in the mix. Falcons, I, as, even yeah. though they're a little boring, I think they're, they're going to be very much in the mix this year. Mason Rudolph had as many possessions by the middle of the second quarter as Matt Ryan had in the entire game last week. Right, six possessions. That tied for the, the fewest. I, I made research look this up because I'm into possessions. There's only 13 You're possessions in that game. Probably cost him about 12 hours. <laughs> Brendan Mendoza, he was happy to do it, he said. Well, uh, once again, yeah. three teams. I heard what he said in the cubicle when I walked by on the way to the cafeteria. <laughs> only three other teams in, that in, the, last, in the last 20 years had, had that few uh, amount of possessions. Technically, it was seven. Technically, yeah. They, ex- they exclude kneel downs. They do. Okay. Officially. I, I wouldn't put the Falcons in the same category of unwatchable uh, problematics as as the Titans. It, I feel like they're more just annoying. I, I Get a win, I though, Falcons. Into, you got to win this game. They at do. Home. They, I thought they it's a big game in, for these two teams. They came into the season rather faceless, and it takes a little bit of work to get for me to get out of that zone with me. There's like five or six teams like that. But watching them against the Colts, like Nat Ryan, he's going to throw a killer interception in a game, and then he's going to do five or six things involving Julio Jones that His accuracy amaze was you. phenomenal last week. He, he got super high. He was thinking it was 9 for 9 or 10 for 10 at one point as they climbed back into that thing. 13 for 13. There you go. 13 he's a good 13. quarterback. I don't know why people are always picking at him. Well, I think it's because in the last couple of years, I think the coordinator switches have hurt Matt Ryan more so than Marcus scary. Mariota because I don't know. He's that going Marcus to the Mariota Hall of Fame, so get ready for it. Matt Ryan? He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's got a shot. He's got an MVP. He, he can use a little. A I don't little know. His stats are going to be out but. of this world by the time he retires. He's going to be one of the most. He, he might break all of Brady and Breeze's passing. I think record. he could really use another. January moment. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But he's got an MVP. He's been a top five quarterback 
uh, a heck of a lot more times than than Eli or some other. It is people. similar though when you his numbers, yes, absolutely. But it, it's like in baseball when you look at steroid era and now with the ball juiced, five hundred home run guys aren't what they used to be. Is Matt Ryan going to be? Um, it will be held against them that he put up great numbers, but in an era where a lot of guys had great numbers. And then he's like, all right, what else did he do? Well, in this Super era, Bowls? he might have six good years left. At all pros. Yeah. So he's got a wild he's got go. an MVP. Might they have more than that. They don't get MVP. hit as much anymore. All right. That was the snake pick with Chris Wessling. Mark, your final pick of the draft. Thank you. And I apologize for... Not necessary. For two items, uh, questioning that anyone knew how the snake draft worked. And secondly, (laughs) you can watch your games any way you please on Sunday. We've been doing this for 10 years. You guys are just so funny that that we've been doing this for like seven or eight years downstairs, and it comes up for the first time. Because I would say I would say it was something that was not, it was very a low level issue <laughs> because that maybe we've laughed about once or twice because ever. we're friends and it's just a funny little yeah, thing. I don't re- that's no, why. We, none of a, no one really uh, cares. It's not I mean, some you know burning I mean? issue. We don't so. you know when you're when you're friends you know you, you jive each other a little bit a little dash no, it around. No, you're missing the point that it didn't come up for eight years. Because it was that's not what's a, funny. I wouldn't say it was even an issue until a year ago or two years ago. Maybe my hearing's going. I don't know. That maybe, all right. Go ahead. I'm taking, and I don't need to see one of these teams ever again. But I like who they're playing. I'm taking the Redskins at the Giants. I I, I actually watched the Redskins game in real time on Monday night. Maybe you all did too. I, I questioned <laughs> that decision after. Uh, they are they are tough on the eyes, in my opinion, and they are heading in the wrong direction. And I don't like the organization. I think it's hopeful that Colt McCoy was a full participant participant at practice this week. Case Keenum is practicing too, but he's in a walking boot. But I would much rather like to see a little bit of Colt McCoy on Sunday if Case McKeenum gets battered and destroyed the way he was on Monday night against the Bears. It feels like every time you hit Case Keenum hard, he's going to lose the ball. He fumbles the ball. It gets knocked out of his hands. Even if you don't hit him pocket. hard. He's well, like the Dante Moncrief of quarterbacks? It's too much. It's Oof, too much. You're too not soon. going anywhere. The Colts to me, or sorry, the Giants to me, we've already discussed this on the Tuesday show. They, this is the game I think would have been the dead easy last pick in this draft when they had Eli Manning. Now it's they second. are obviously intriguing. I cannot, <laughs> Dolphins are still out there. I already know that's my game. Well, there's some stinkers, but this is, you know, I think people felt safe to wait on this one. The Giants without Saquon Barkley, I... I don't know. Like they did, are Giants fans able to watch this team now and say, I don't really care about Odell Beckham not being on this team either. Maybe mm. with this quarterback and the way that certain quarterbacks come in and just make the parts that are there in place work kind of reminds me of like Jacoby Brissett with the Colts where you lose a bunch of people but you just make it worth work with what's around you. That that's the Giants last week. I talk about Kyle Allen. I want to see game 2. I want to see game 2 of this. That's it's exciting. Danny, but if I'm a Giants fan, I want to see Daniel Jones with Odo Beckham, Evan Ingram, and Sterling Shepard. I, I, that again, seems I, like a better idea. I do too, but, but I'm just over. saying you don't have right, to. No, I mean, oh, you don't saying, have to act if like you were a fan of the team. Right, though, right you're I not stuck you in those decisions anymore. If this quarterback works out, it's a better way to put it. Maybe. And um, two things that I noticed. I, I watched it this morning. So Evan, I love all the all the lab work you're doing this year. Oh, it's power rankings. Evan Evan Ingram. Uh, is going to be the next giant superstar potential. Oh, yeah. That touchdown, r- the, the catch and then the run, he also had a one-handed catch in this game. But that catch and run, my goodness, Maron, uh, that, is, that is superstar stuff. He, like, jumps off the screen. Uh, so he could be the guy essentially replaces uh, Beckham because he is kind of like a wide receiver. He's going to be the next 1,000-yard tight end, and there aren't that many of those in history. And then my other thought was Danny Dimes, it wasn't a perfect game, by the way. 
No. He not. fumbled the ball twice, and he should have thrown an interception that was dropped. So it was, in a lot of other ways, it was an incredible game, but it was not a perfect piece of artwork. Kyle Allen had probably a better game in terms it de- of – I think he de- – Kyle Allen definitely had a better game in cleaner. terms of cleaner, cleaner and not costing the team. Uh, no. Danny Dimes exciting, is super exciting, but there is, there is room for growth. It wasn't like he delivered an absolute masterpiece. It was just more like a rollicking good time. He I had think more... we're just allowing Giants fans to, you know, bathe in it because of what they've been through. Well, he also had a ton of pressure on him. You know, Next Gen Stats said he, he had more yards under pressure than any quarterback in a game since Tom Brady of week three of 2017. So a lot of those throws were on the move. I really love, you know, a right-handed guy who can throw on the move to his left with ease multiple times in that game is Pretty rare. I, it was the it was the splash plays that got you so excited, yeah. like the the low percentage for most quarterbacks types of throws that he put out. I there. wonder if awesome. he's going to have a a ton of fun plays this year, but a ton of turnovers too. I could see Gotta that. See that Shepard back helped a lot in in defensive Eli. School, I mean, school player. Sterling Shepard is a big time player, and so when you have him and you know what do they say in fantasy? A league winner. Evan Ingram's a league winner. If you drafted oh, yeah. Evan Ingram. He's the type of guy that wins you a fantasy league. Um, all right, up next, Greg. Oh yeah, let's let's go with the Dolphins and the Chargers. Whoa! Let me off the hook. I am surprised. You are a good man. Well, I'm with, I'm with Wes when it's the backup game. I'm turning down that volume for you on Sunday. I'll tell you what. <laughs> when it's the backup game, you know, I'd I, never take the Dolphins, Greg. I don't care if it's the backup. I just want to. Who knows if they stay if they stay competitive. Somehow it becomes oh, more. Right now. It becomes more interesting, <laughs> and they're playing a team in the Chargers that uh, I don't mind watching. Keenan Allen right now is maybe the best receiver in the league. He, he's certainly right up there. When you have an offense, most productive. That's just Philip Rivers trying to find Keenan Allen while he's being pressured, and it still moves the ball fairly well. It's you can't really build a an offense around that, and yet they still put up like 350 yards. I mean, their offense is still better than the, what the Packers roll out every week, and it's basically those two guys playing pitch and catch. I, f- I feel like a guy on death row that just got pardoned by the governor while I'm strapped into the chair. Well, here's the thing. I've also watched it's the Colts. It's definitely that big of a deal. The Colts are out there, and I've watched them every single week, and so you know what? You want to mix them up. Okay. I, I do love the Colts, but I'll, I'll save them. This feels like the Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, start your season have the big, hope. big, big performance. It should. You would, you would hope so. They've been pretty quiet. You're underselling Austin Eckler, who in yes. last week's game against the Texans just showed that he's leaps and bounds a better player at what he does than Duke Johnson. My bad. It's a really a three-man offense. It's, Austin it's Eckler, Eckler, Allen, and Duke Rivers. Johnson. He's, he's Duke right. Johnson is known as a passing down back and a oh, very good one. And Austin Eckler is so much better than him. Well, I think Eckler is a. He's just a running back. Like, I guess he's smaller, and so maybe I mean, you don't want to give him 350 carries, but he absolutely deserves to have the ball 275 times this year. And and I think even with Melvin Gordon coming back, which we haven't mentioned, he is you know returning to the team. You have to keep giving Eckler the ball a lot. Every, every good offense, and this, this jumped out to me in the season opener Patriots-Steelers game, you got to have a linebacker beater coming out of your backfield. And the Patriots have two of them in Burkhead and James White, where the Steelers had none. The Chargers have a linebacker beater in Eckler. You go, you go to him when you need a big play, and he does it because he can beat them off the line with his route running. And then if you get him the ball into space, what separates all these running backs, immediately the agility to make the first guy miss. And he does it almost every time. All right, our final non-primetime game. We forgot to mention Melvin Gordon ending his holdout. Greg said it. Oh, he did. Threw it in there. He won't, it in he there. won't play this week. Um, poor Dolphins. You know, 
poor holdout. They don't even get mentioned. I, I actually, now that we've uh, circled back here, Henry Hodgson did show me this link from Gridiron Magazine, mm-hmm. UK only product who had an exclusive with uh, Tua from uh, Alabama, who said he's not worrying about the whole you know tank quarterback. Tua. He hear, yeah. he hears about it a lot. He's not worried. He thinks it's fine. <laughs> you know, he doesn't he doesn't seem like he's gonna you know try to pull an Eli Manning you know. And, and get his way out of there. That's the who's I guess that? It's a who are you referring to? Tua, the Alabama. Yeah, I know, quarterback. but he's. But what's the connection? That Alabama has basically been tanking this. I mean, Miami's tanking to draft him. Right. I don't think he's gonna. I mean, went out like a flock of agents and representation. Get I'm saying like Eli like, Manning. You know, you, you get on people. Oh, I see. Trying to, to ask their way out. Yes. I, it sounds like he was just like, I, I know about it. It's cool. It's fine. <laughs> Found another way to come after Eli. That was a good one. <laughs> I mean, you you said that that wasn't really a show I mean, of leadership there. Chargers he wasn't on the team. Chargers yeah. weren't even a bad organization. They had one down year, and Eli said, "I'm not going there." Um, all right, let's save that for when Eli gets up, voted into Hall of Fame. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we'll have that conversation <laughs> at that point. All right, the final pick then is the Raiders at the Colts. Uh, do want you know? I this I know what I'm getting. Just like you said, saying, Greg, the Colts are going to deliver a solid workmanlike performance at home against the Raiders team that's not going to win many games on the road. I see this as a, a two a two score game mm. uh, in favor of the Colts. And um, from the Raiders side of things, I guess I'm something I've been tracking since Hard Knocks was what's going on with the future with Derek Carr. Um, you know that. John Gruden's not going anywhere. He's in the second year of a 10-year deal. Um, but for Derek Carr, I think this is game four of an audition that will decide whether he stays there. And I think at this point, I, I would be very surprised if he's there at quarterback wow. next year. I, I mean, I asked the same question. I think it was Sunday I think that's night, and you guys, you guys said that absolutely I, not. I, I thought on this three-game sample, that's overreacting, that he's exactly what they would have expected. I think he's played – Fine, but is that what John Gruden wants? Is I, maybe not, but I, I guess they I don't fit to dink, begin with. I don't feel any seen? differently after these three games than I did before. I, oh, but then here's I, Dan. I'm totally with you because I just think the experience of Derek Carr. You know, okay, like you're going to get a couple of the things you got last week against the Vikings, which was one of the worst interceptions I saw all, all week on a terrible overthrow. And you know, there, he, he's asking receivers to leap their full extent in the air to grab balls that are high. He's I, is it going to improve? I just don't know. Like I'm with Dan. I'm a little worried as a, as a Colts uh, backer. I don't think they're a team you can trust to beat anyone easily. Just talent wise, they could be without Ty Hilton. They could be without Darius Leonard. They are going to be without Malik Hooker. They That's are going to be point. without Jabal Sheard. It is just man for a team. That's a good point. That wasn't you know the most talented in the entire league. They've had a, taken a lot of hits. Hilton especially if he's out is kind of a I would, Jenga piece. I would think. Um, with the Chiefs coming up next week and Hilton having to pull himself out of that game, re-aggravating the quad, that they would probably be very careful about playing him in this game. But you're right. Take him out of the equation. He's been their number one receiver, and perhaps the Colts have a major firepower issue. Nice matchup here for the running back connoisseurs. Ooh, yeah. Marlon Mack, who's run – I mean, looked head and shoulders better than Devontae Freeman in last week's game. I thought they – they didn't even look like they were playing the same position. Marlon wow. so much better. Freeman isn't making anyone miss in space. That that would bother me if I'm a Falcon fan. Another Chuck Pagano note. It was Chuck Pagano who 
glowed over Marlon Mack a couple off seasons ago, said this guy is going to be an absolute star, and he's maybe not there yet, but he is the engine to that offense post-Andrew. Ballard, Ballard kind of said when they didn't take anyone, it's because they believe in Mack. We should have we listened. Chuck Strong. I'm just saying, I'm just backing up a previous point. Marlon Mack looked That's really good, and I know his stats didn't look good, but he's looked phenomenal all year so far, and he was playing through, what, a calf injury or something last week? Looked perfectly healthy to me. Uh, Sunday night football, the Dallas Cowboys 3-0 and travel to the Superdome to face the New Orleans Saints. Oh, this is a good matchup. The Saints 2-1 and had that great, complete victory against the Seahawks in Seattle. So they, they have confidence. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater um, showed came along a little bit in that game, but still has work to do. The Cowboys, meanwhile, Wes, are clicking on all cylinders with those triplets, uh, Dak, Coop, Zeke, and the defense. Some of this has to do with opponent, but the Cowboys are on pace for 107 passes of 15 or more yards this year compared to 68 last year and 53 in 2017. This is a totally different offense that the Cowboys are putting out there. And I think it's outplayed their defense, which one, which is in one of the best in the league. Hmm. Yeah, I. it's nice to see them play a real team, though. You know, I know they don't have Teddy, uh, Drew Brees, the Saints, but the, the Cowboys have maybe played the, the three worst teams in the league in succession, Redskins, Giants, and Dolphins, especially Giants with, with Eli Manning. So I think on both sides, they had to be really happy with what they got out of Robert Quinn. I think Demarcus Lawrence has looked more like himself each week. Uh, and they're just they're more talented. I mean, this is kind of a, a sneaky rivalry because of Sean Payton's uh, friendship with the Joneses because of all those rumors over the years, because Sean Payton really is the number one coaching mentor to Jason Garrett. Uh, you know, they were very close from their time together with the Giants, and, and Payton's kind of put it on him. But last year, I remember I was in your house, uh, Wes, when the Col- Cowboys just shut the Saints down, and that kind of started the Saints' downfall, and it really started this love affair between Wes and, and the Cowboys. And Wes and one of their linebackers. Oh, Leighton Vander Esch? I think both are lined Jalen Smith? Really? Yeah. Well, Leighton Van Der Esch. It was a Leighton Van Der Esch evening. <laughs> That's what I was ah. getting at. Well, I like them so much that I'm locking up the Cowboys. That's a good one. Nice. Until I'm going to keep locking them up until <laughs> until Dan puts them ahead of the Rams in his power ranking. <laughs> all right. All right. You know what? If they go to New Orleans and kick some ass. What is it about these Rams good. that has you thinking they're the third best team in the NFL? I think they're pretty damn good, okay. the Rams. I like the Rams. But mm. it's close. I think they're very close. They, good, they, good luck, though. I, I don't right know. in the mirror on that one, It'll, and the reflection's coming right back at you. I, I, Greg, Greg looks in the mirror. There's nothing there. <laughs> I am fine. That solely He's, related to the podcast? He'll be the one that comes out of this with a win, though, and we won't be discussing Oh, he'll have December. the W. <laughs> at what cost, though? <laughs> I think Saints fans are rightfully the a little Patriots. worried about he their, their the defense. Patriots. By the way. They're playing. They're playing an undefeated team that, that you don't believe in. I don't. That's why I'm blocking against. <laughs> so, but I'm saying like you don't even think it's going to be a close. I think game. it's weird. I think the Bills are a playoff team. I really do. I think they're going to win ten or eleven games, and this is a road game. Why, why are right. we lit- yeah. litigating okay. this? Who cares? This is why this game is stupid. Have if you're going to play a game. <laughs> oh yeah, here yeah, we yeah. go. Here we go. Have rules. If you're going to have a play a game, what? Have it doesn't some matter. Rules. Nothing have some matters. Rules. There are rules. You just you're playing by your own rules. Uh, my rules are uh, if it's a touchdown spread or less. Then why are you it, so uncomfortable looking in the mirror? I mean, because of this. Afraid beard. what you might say. He's not going to alter his decision, no matter how 
much pressure you put on them or the I'd, slights. It's not going to change. I mean, I was thing. thinking either that or the Chiefs, so either way you would have oh, gotten great. Well, that's even worse. <laughs> have mercy. Uh, finally, Monday Night Football, the Cincinnati Bengals travel to Pittsburgh <laughs> to face the Steelers. Uh, even when they made the schedule, this one was always going to be iffy, and now it's turned into a worst-case scenario. Two 0-3 teams, one of them, uh, the Steelers, without their franchise quarterback, Big Ben out for the year with elbow surgery, um, if, I mean, we talked about last year, uh, last week, uh, Mark, a cornered animal game for the Steelers. Well, now they're just they're kind of laying on the floor. They're twitching. They're they're probably dead. Uh, if not, they will soon expire. Uh, so the Bengals are going to go up to to the rotting corpse and sniff it, and we'll see what happens. Not a good place to be if you're uh, an animal. That is what you <laughs> described there. Not a good place. I am locking up the Steelers. Let's start right there. Good, good move. Okay. I don't particularly believe in the Steelers, but it's <laughs> what it what it, what I think is it's one of these classic. Uh, it just feels like what's going to happen on Monday night. I've already in my mind. I see a Minka Fitzpatrick pick six where they can spend fifteen my minutes mind. telling you how great it was that they made the trade for. It's just all these little Monday night things are going to happen. The game is begging for me to watch it on condensed mode much later in the week, but we will see about that. My problem with the Bengals is that week after week, they've found a way to kill themselves with killer turnovers. And Let's be honest. You have a lot more problems with, than that with the Bengals. But the Bengals, this is, they, this is their shot to go steal a win, too, from the Steelers. Let me guess. You're about that. to say something critical of Andy Dalton. <laughs> no, I think Andy Dalton is not their only problem. They're just... they. They are the worst run-blocking hey, team know, in the NFL, even be, worse than the Dolphins. You should be thrilled. Uh, when you thought the, the Browns' schedule was going to be so tough, and, and it has been, part of it is that we thought the division was going to be good. This is a stinker. And the, these teams, it's not like they've lucked into, you know, they've had bad luck to get to 0-3. These are the two worst teams in the entire NFL, if you don't count uh, the, the team that's tanking, according to Football Outsiders, you know, efficiency. These are 30 and 31 Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I just, I don't. To be honest, I don't know if I care about that stuff three weeks into the season That's because fair. what I what I have seen is Pittsburgh's when they feel like it, their pass rush destroy people. Yes, and the Bengals O line has looked really bad, and they. To me, that's the weak spot where Pittsburgh is going to have like one of these four or five takedowns of Dalton. And it, will that all More be Dalton's that. fault? No, but that's the that's the self destruct button for Cincinnati. I think you hit on the key to this matchup that the Bengals can't block the Steelers, and the Steelers have to take the training wheels off of Mason Rudolph. The only quarterback in the league throwing shorter passes than Mason Rudolph mm. is Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. I've got a theory though for this game. It's a little bit of like the. Uh, the Fenway Park vibe when it's a bad uh, Patriots or uh, Red Sox team. Or, there's a lot of like proud franchises. There's a point where you've had such a proud franchise that a home game, like if, if they're down seven three at the middle of the second quarter, just the vibes are going to be terrible. I don't think it's much of a home field advantage because Steelers fans are not used to their team being one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, but that could go the exact opposite way where they throttle Andy Dalton and you're, they're playing renegade at full volume in that mm. stadium and the whole place is rocking, the terrible towels are at, and then they go 13-3. and three. Yeah, this was Cincy's <laughs> trip tonight before. Like, they don't – the Bengals have never fared well against the Steelers and not in Pittsburgh. Dan and I stuck our knuck out to pick the Steelers last week and they wronged us, so no. now I've turned Just on Just a them. terrible effort by them last week. Uh, before we go, uh, uh, Ryan Bartlett, where are we at with Tony Romo, who's playing a some amateur golf tournament, no, will decide whether he works or not this weekend. I mean, it's a on. it's a PGA event. I have Go the up, update Peter, for you if you want, unless you got it. One under par. Wow. Through seventeen. Ooh. 
And he's got to make the cut? At, yeah, I mean, he that, no. that happens. You don't know. You don't know. Here's Mark Brady. He's the golfer. Oh, oh yeah. Mark Brady, a shadowy league figure. Tony Romo is one under through what a 17 great voice. holes. Sounds like Jim Nance. <laughs> he's playing in a PGA Tour event. Why are we Safeway Open. I mean, that's exactly what Ryan said. An interesting note here. He is currently ahead of Phil Mickelson. Oh, Phil Mickelson Phil. has only played two holes, though. So. Can we get okay. Phil to announce the game on Sunday? <laughs> I mean, he's a big Chargers fan, actually, so he may want to do if that. He's one, if he's got one hole to go here, at this pace, he's making the cut. It's it's early. He has the whole second round to go. Well, it's top 65 in ties. There are... just, like, just keep talking. That voice is just... What are, we, what are any of us doing on the show? This is the shadowy league figure, or at least one of the shadowy. The shadowiest. Over the years. It's the only reason why I'm here is to track voice. Tony Romo's progress for the show. Otherwise, I'm useless. <laughs> Well, so is he going to make the cut? Yes or no? Answer us, Mark, please. I do not believe he'll make the cut, but he is a superior golfer, and it's pretty amazing that he can actually compete with these guys in the PGA. Not, the, not in Dan's mind. If he keeps up this pace, work. if he keeps up this pace, he's got a shot. You know, it's like if if Wes and I were playing in our softball on the softball team, the Shield. And there was a some type of like tournament, and we decided, hey, if we advance in this round, we're not coming to work on Sunday because we want to, <laughs> you know, go play this next round of the softball tournament. No, be a professional. The stakes are equal. <laughs> they kind of are. What's and what does Tony Romo need to do with professional golf? He's he's a former well, football I mean, player I guess turned broadcaster. He, he, he needs to you scratch could, an you could like, ask him that question. I think he that, would probably say it gives him, you know, more fulfillment than probably anything else he could possibly do in his life. So then do that. Maybe his kids. But then uh, do that. Say, CBS, I've loved the opportunity. I've really enjoyed it. But you know what? My real passion post-NFL is golf. So I'm going to put all my attention, and that will be my full-time job. You really want to lose him like that? I don't. But I'm saying maybe at some point you just have to make a decision. Maybe he's good enough. Maybe this brings Boomer Esiason back into your life on a primetime level, Dan. Like there are, I don't like, need yeah, there's Esiason different rules for level. different levels of talent. Like, hey, Lawrence Taylor, you know, you want to have some booger sugar before the game? Sure, you're a Hall of Famer. You let Tony Romo play uh, the golf golf event, <laughs> allegedly. All right, that's it. We'll be back uh, tonight. Well, again, uh, Greg has already washed his hands of this. He's washing. He's in the bathroom, washing his hands, and then looks in the mirror about? and sees nothing in the mirror. The recording process of the game. Hey, here's the thing. I'm Wes. I'm crazy enough. I said I'm happy if we want. I'll work. I'll stay here, and we'll just do it in the professional studio. But with that's the that's even doubling down on washing your hands of because you're presenting a scenario in audio recording format, saying that you already came up with a plan to not do this if it doesn't work at West. You're working against West in a way here. No. It's I'm, all on Wes to nail this. T- well, I'm coming over because I know that, right? he prefers Wes? that. I just don't want to have any responsibility because uh, well, we, I'll, I'll blow it. I'll blow it. I feel like I I'm, I'm operating about six steps ahead of Greg. I know that that recording equipment represents our freedom. And if we learn how to use it correctly, it means so many more things in the future. It gives us so much leeway. Yes. It gives us options. And I want that. Yes. Teach a child to fish. The Pacific Amen has no memory. to that, Wes. Thank you. I want the options. Come on, Greg. Get on board. I'm Greg, not, Greg I'm is down. formulating a I'm, comment that's going to destroy one of us. No, I'm, <laughs> I love it. I just want to make it clear I'm riding your guys' coattails on this particular I won't issue. Say, I'll be back at Hands' Manor. So this is, this is you guys working together for the greater good. Yeah, I'm washing my hands of it. That is for certain. <laughs> All right. So, yes, tonight maybe you'll get a recap of a tremendous <laughs> Thursday night football game. So, guys, come on. Get it together. And then you'll hear from the four of us Sunday night where we'll recap every game we just previewed uh, that will be played on Sunday. Good stuff. 
Thanks, everybody, behind the glass, the video show. Very smooth operation. Ryan Barlett looks great in that show. Keep an eye on our social for more Curtain Club ticket announcements. Yes, make sure. We're coming to London, baby. Till Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.